0: If you will, um, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 6. That's not going to be our main text. Our main text is in James chapter 1, and we'll get there. But I want to read a little scripture out of Proverbs chapter 7 to kind of give some perspective about where we're going. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. At the window of my house, I looked through my lattice. I saw among the inexperienced, I noticed among the youths a young man lacking sense. Crossing the street near her corner, he strolled down the road to her house at twilight, in the evening, in the dark of night. A woman came to meet him, dressed like a prostitute, having a hidden agenda. She is loud and defiant. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street... Now in the squares, she lurks at every corner. She grabs him and kisses him. She brazenly says to him, I have made fellowship offerings. Today I have fulfilled my vow, so I came out to meet you, to search for you, and I found you. I have spread coverings on my bed, richly colored linen from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love making until morning. Let's feast on each other's love. My husband is at home. He went on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him and will come at the time of the full moon. She seduces him with her persistent pleading. She lures with her flattering talk. He follows her impulsively like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer bounding toward a trap until an arrow pierces its liver, like a bird darting into a snare. He doesn't know it will cost him his life. Now, my sons, listen to me and pay attention to the words of my mouth. Don't let your heart turn aside to her ways. Don't stray onto her paths, for she has brought many down to death. Her victims are countless. Her house is the road to Sheol, or to hell, descending to the chambers of death. I want to tell you there are many people who walk down that very path that that young man walked down. There are many people who give in to temptation, who take that, make that choice uh, to take the wrong path. And I want you to know there are consequences for a wrong path. Now, you may be here today and you may say, you know, Pastor, I am doing well. Uh, I'm living in victory over sin. Well, then my warning to you is be careful. Because the Bible says that, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Some of you may be on the brink. You're you're considering taking a course of action uh, to embrace a temptation to go down a path that you don't need to go. Can I tell you and warn you, you need to stay off that path. You need to to realize the damage and the, the death that comes when you take that path. Others of you may have already made that decision. You may be living in the time period of just suffering the consequences of wrong decisions made. If that's where you are, I want to encourage you today because the Bible says that even though those consequences are there, God loves you. And he has made a way for you to find forgiveness for your sins and redemption through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for you. I want to tell you something. There's no sin too dark that Jesus can't forgive it. He paid the price. He finished it all so that you could have life. I believe we need to understand temptation so that we can prepare in our lives uh, and not go down those wrong paths and not experience the heartache. Uh, James, in our scripture here in James chapter 1 and verse 12, uh, is giving us some guidelines, some understanding into how temptation works so that we can avoid going down the wrong paths in life. Uh, And and he is focusing on the idea of deception. Now, Satan deceives us, we know that, uh, but that's not his focus here. His focus is on the human heart. Now, you may know this, you may not know this, but the Bible says that the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Did you know that your heart, you say, well, Pastor, I'm a child of God. Uh, Well, I understand that. But every even a child of God has that old nature within his or her heart. And so we need to understand that we in our own hearts can deceive ourselves and go down. A wrong path. That's what James is focusing on. He uh, wants us to understand some things so that we can avoid pitfalls in our lives. So we need to understand temptation. And then we need to trust the Holy Spirit to live through us to walk in victory over that temptation. The title of my message this morning is Understanding Temptation. Understanding Temptation. Let's read in James chapter 1, verse 12. A man who endures trials is blessed because when he passes the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. No one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God. For God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin... And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dearly loved brothers. Every generous act, every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with Him, there is no variation or shadow cast by turning. In other words, He's always trustworthy. By His own choice, He gave us a new birth by the message of truth so that we would be the first fruits. Of his creatures all right uh, understanding temptation what do we need to understand we need to understand first the time of temptation the time of temptation while it's true that you can be tempted at any time it's it's also true that generally temptation is more effective when you are in times of challenge in your life now I read you that first verse about enduring the trials and those who endure the trials receive the crown of life i don't think it's by accident that god speaks of trial and difficulty some translations even translate it temptation but it's being used in a little different way there in that verse it's speaking of the difficult times of life did you know that when you are hungry angry lonely and tired you're more vulnerable to temptation If you don't know that, you need to know that. And you need to take measures to be extra careful during those times that you don't expose yourself to tempting situations if you can help it. Uh, He speaks of the trials that they're going through and during those trials. Can I tell you what the devil will whisper in your ear? He'll whisper in your ear, God's not being fair to you. God doesn't love you. He doesn't have your best interest at heart. You just need to give in to this temptation and do this thing because God's not standing up for you. I want to tell you something, that's a lie out of the pit. The devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. I want want you to know that God can come into your times of trial. He He can provide encouragement to you. He can provide strength to you. But you need to understand that in those times you are especially susceptible to temptation. And you don't even need the devil to help you with that. (laughs) You're susceptible to that in your own hearts. So notice these times um, and take measures uh, to be careful during those times. I understand, and I heard uh, Cliff Barrows share this one time, The Billy Graham team, when they first started out, uh, decided, they got together and they made a commitment together that they weren't going to watch television in hotel rooms. In fact, what they would do is they would take a towel and they would place it over the television and then they would either place a Bible or they would place a picture of their family on top of that towel. Why? Because they did not want to be tempted by the filth and the nudity and all that was going to be on those televisions, and they wanted to be pure before God. And so they took some steps, if you want to call it uh, preventative maintenance, uh, to, to um, guard against that temptation in their life. Did you know what you see tends to be the gateway for temptation? So they covered it with a towel. Uh, my kids love double-stuffed Oreos, and I have to admit, I do too. But they do something that's really hard for me. They leave the double-stuffed Oreos sitting out on the counter. i want to tell you something. It takes, it takes some prayer to get over that. Uh, they, it's sitting on the counter right where I can see it. And I have to admit, sometimes I succumb to temptation. <laughs> and I grab one of those things. But, but on my good days, what I will do is I'll take that double-stuffed Oreo thing and I will put it in the cabinet so I don't see it anymore. And you know what? There's there's something about what you see with your eyes. Now, that doesn't solve every situation of temptation. I understand that. But it is a good thing that you can do to, to help prepare for those times of vulnerability in your life. Uh, think through, if you've sinned in the past, think through what was the set of circumstances that led up to that sin. And try to take some measures to um, prepare for that next time so that you... Will not succumb so easily uh, to temptation so we need to understand the time of temptation and by the way we're not talking about the devil here but you need to understand the devil knows your vulnerabilities as well Um, I once heard somebody say uh, you know football coaches have their their files on different teams you know and they study these teams and the devil studies us he knows our vulnerabilities. so if for no other reason You need to prepare for those times of vulnerability so that when you get there, the devil can't take advantage of you in that time. So, we need to understand the time of temptation. Secondly, we need to understand the desire of temptation. The desire of temptation. Look at verse 14. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. The desire of temptation. Now, you may have a thought come into your mind. I think sometimes the enemy can place a thought in your mind. When that happens, you have a choice of what you're going to do with that thought. Did you know that? You're not held bound. Some people don't realize that. You're not held bound to, to think about whatever pops into your mind. And that's very important for a Christian to understand because... Uh, the battle starts in the mind. So uh, Proverbs says this. He says, out of the heart are the issues of life. Guard your heart. Everything that issues out in your life begins in your mind, begins in your heart. And so you need to be careful uh, about that. But um, what happens is when we have that thought come into our mind and we choose to camp on it and dwell on it, Whatever it might be, it's a double stuffed Oreo cookie. Okay, that's a minor thing, but uh, that thought comes in. I have a choice of what I'm going to do. Right? I can start to think, mmm, double stuff, mmm, twice the filling. You know, and I begin to think about it. You know, and uh, w- when I do that, what's going to happen? I'm on the pathway to eating a double stuff. But if I see that double-stuffed cookie, and at that moment, I say, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put this in the cabinet. I'm going to go do something else. And immediately, I deal with that. See, that's how, that's how uh, the Bible says there's a way of escape when we enter into temptation. Uh, take that way of escape that you have. When that thought pops into your mind, don't just leave it there. Don't dwell on it. Deal with it right there. And the uh, Bible says take your thoughts captive. Uh, if you don't, what's going to happen is your desire is going to get the best of you. Some of you are uh, sitting there kind of the pious looking at you. Well, I don't have those desires. Yes, you do. You, you have those desires. We all have those. We have, we're, we have a sin nature. And so you have to choose what you're going to feed. Are you going to feed that old nature or are you going to feed the new nature? And uh, the desires of your heart will betray you. They'll deceive you. And so what you need to do is deal with it, cut it off right at the pass, nip it in the bud, to use an old term, uh, before it goes down that road. <clears throat> when, and the language he uses here, the desire of temptation, is, is fishing language. I like to fish. And, uh, <clears throat> we had a, we had a, a spillway that I used to fix, fish at in Texas that uh, in the summertime it would get real low and you could see these big fish down in the water. I mean, it was, it was hard. You'd stay there longer because you could see them down there. They're not biting today, but I can't get them to do anything. But occasionally, I'd be able to look and, and see, and and I would see him coming after my bait. And I kind of, you know, kind of give a little jerk, get him interested. In, you know, he's that's one off. You know, I got to get it. And and uh, it's amazing. You, you mess with them a little bit, and they'll boom. They hit that thing, and you got him. Same language here. Don't spend time looking at the bait because the desire of your heart will betray you and you'll go down the wrong path and, and, and you will end up in sin. So, recognize that you have that sinful desire. Um, occasionally, I'll be watching a, a television program. Usually, it's a, it's a teeny bopper show that, uh, and some, some teenager is incensed because their parent has come into the room. And and looked for something, whether it's drugs or whatever. And it always irritates me. I'm like, because like, well, you don't trust me. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. We gotta send nature. It's called being a parent. Okay, well, I won't go down that road, but that's just a pet peeve of mine. But but it's true. Don't trust yourself. Some of you are are super confident in your own ability to withstand temptation. That can be a very dangerous place to be. Don't trust yourself. Uh, Well, don't say, well, I would never fill in the blank. That's a dangerous place to be. From time to time I hear a story about somebody that has said that kind of thing and then fallen into the very sin that they said they would never do. We have a sin nature. And you need to recognize that. Praise God, one day we won't have it. Can I I get a witness there? Uh, One day, Jesus Christ is going to come back and I'll have no more sin nature. Praise God. Hallelujah. Twice. Uh, I'll be done with it forever. In the meantime, I've got something more powerful than the sin nature. It's the Holy Spirit of God who lives within me. If you're a child of God, if you're not a child of God, you don't have the Holy Spirit of God living within you. But if you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit of God has come to live within you uh, and is resident within you all the time. But now, he's not always necessarily in control, and so what we have to do is give him control in our life. We have to confess any sin that we know of uh, to, to restore that fellowship with God, and we have to ask him, Holy Spirit, fill me. You know what the Bible says in Luke? How much more would God give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? God will answer that prayer. Uh, and then we surrender our will to him, and we, and we choose to trust him. And sometimes I, and if I'm in a situation where I'm struggling with that, I'll say, Lord, I choose to surrender to you, but I'm struggling with it. Will, Holy Spirit, will you surrender through me? Uh, will you trust through me? But we do that. And then sometimes I'll even ask, I'll even ask God. I'll say, oh, Holy Spirit, uh, what do you want me to do now? And allow him to begin to direct you. And if you're in a tempting situation, allow him to direct you in in that situation. So he is the one who who quickens our body. That's what the the Bible says in Romans 8. Uh, You may not have power over your old nature yourself. You don't. I'll tell you right off, you don't. Uh, Paul said this he said, The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Who's going to deliver me from this? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. And then he goes into chapter 8, and he talks about the filling of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit of God will quicken or strengthen your mortal body so that you can make the right choice in a time of temptation. So, But you need to be aware of the desire of temptation uh, and take that seriously because that's a reality uh, in your life. Uh, So... um, Choose to walk with the Spirit, choose to feed your mind on the Word of God uh, to overcome uh, the desire of temptation. So, uh, what do we need to understand? We need to understand the time of temptation, the desire of temptation, thirdly, the path of temptation, the path of temptation. If you look at verse 15, "...then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin." And sin, which is, when it is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So there's a progression. There's a path. So you need to understand when you when you're um, when you're thinking about a temptation, that's not something that doesn't matter. We uh, used to be a guy in the church where I was growing up, and uh, he used to say, "Well, uh, my wife doesn't care." He had pinups in, in his place of employment. He said said, my wife doesn't care if I look as long as I don't touch. Can I tell you something? Don't go down that road. Don't go down that road because you know what you're doing? You're dwelling on tempting thoughts. You're developing a habit in your life. And that tempting thought, as you dwell on it, and you are drawn away and enticed, what happens? When lust is conceived. It gives birth to sin, right? There's a natural result. You've heard of people um, that uh, use the calendar method of birth control. You know what you call a person that does that? You call them pregnant. (laughs) Why? yeah, I mean, one thing follows the other, right? I mean, it's just a natural progression. That's what he's saying. He's saying, look. Don't think that you can go down that road in your mind and not have it ha- issue forth in consequences and sin in your life. And so you need to get off the path. You need to make that choice in your mind that you're going to be pure. Uh, when something comes on television in the commercial, hopefully you're not watching something that's got it all through <laughs> the television program. Uh, that commercial comes on, you need to flip the channel. Uh, when when you see that, that person dressed in a way they shouldn't be dressed, you need to look away. Don't go down the road of the mind. Don't imagine, what would it be like if I did such and so? That's, that's trouble. Don't, he, he, he's, James is trying to get us to see there's a path. It's not just an isolated occurrence. When you start down that path, it naturally results in sin, and when you continue in sin, that naturally results in death. Now, what's he talking about, death? Well, if you're, if you're unsaved, death would be that eternal death in hell. But if you're saved, there can be a, a limited kind of death in that, in that your relationship with God, even though you're still a child of God, is, is estranged. You're, you're kind of living in a spiritual desert. Why? Because you're quenching the Holy Spirit. You're thrusting Him at arm's length with your sin. Uh, there can be death to relationships, death to marriage. Uh, there can be uh, death to employment. I never will forget the, uh, the man that I, I talked to one day in Dallas, and he was holding his wine bottle by his hand, and he said, I used to be like you. He said, I had a, I had a family, I had a nice job, He said, I used to dress like you. He said, said, but I couldn't say no, and I've lost it all. He was homeless. There's a path. When sin conceives, it brings forth death. Uh, Death to relationships, death to goals, death to dreams. I, I mean, death. When lust conceives, it brings forth sin. When sin reaches its full measure, it produces sin. It's the language of childbirth. One thing follows right after the other. <clears throat> so, understand the path of temptation. and Get off that path. When you begin to have a tempting thought, immediately take that thought captive and uh, replace it with something else. Don't stay there. Um <clears throat> The way to overcome and have victory in your thought life, uh, is, is a couple, there's a couple of things. One thing you can do is ch- practice changing the subject. You know, you change the subject in the conversation, right? Change the subject in your thought life. Now, what the devil wants you to do, especially if the temptation is from him, he wants you uh, to dwell on that tempting thought because he knows if you dwell on that tempting thought, he can take you down a road he wants you to go. But whether it's the devil or whether it's just your own deceitful heart, the thing is the same. You, you choose to change the subject in your mind. <laughs> Quote a scripture, praise the Lord in, in worship. Uh, one thing I, I've learned to do, I heard this in a message, uh, and I thought it was great, out of Romans 6, to say, I'm dead to that, just in faith, say, I'm dead to that, and, and then choose to do something else. Uh, So, but then another way you can change your thought life, and this takes time, this is not overnight, but as you spend regular time in the Word of God, it will begin to change your thought life. That's over time. So, uh, be aware of the path of temptation, get off of it as soon as you can. There's two paths, there's a path of walking with God, and there's some great things that happen with that. Um... We'll get to that here in just a second. So we need to understand the time of temptation, the desire of temptation, the path of temptation, and finally the deception of temptation. This is emphasized uh, in the way he structured it in the original language. He says, don't be deceived. Have you ever heard the, uh, the statement, make your plan and then work your plan? Uh, maybe in a business context. This works good for temptation too. In the heat of temptation, your heart can deceive you. Make your plan ahead of time and then follow your plan regardless of how you feel. So the deception of temptation, don't be deceived. What's he talking about? Well, let's read on. Verse 17. Every generous act, every perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift, is another way you could say that, is from above. What's he saying there? The lie of your heart, and oftentimes the lie of the enemy is, if you sin, it will satisfy your need. And the the other lie is, God's not satisfying your need, and God won't satisfy your need, so you need to satisfy it a different way. Don't be deceived. He, what is he saying? He's saying, listen, everything good and beautiful in life finds its origination with God. God created us by his own choice. Look at verse 18. He gave us new birth by the message of truth so that we'd be the first fruits of his creation. Now, he's speaking of two, two things here. It, it takes me back. To the book of Genesis. And you remember God creates these different things on different days. And finally he gets to the sixth day and God creates man. And the Bible's been saying at every day of creation it was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. But then when he gets to the sixth day where he creates man he says it was very good. Man was the crowning and is the crowning creation of all God's creation. Better than the the stars and the planets and the oceans and the animals and all that there is in creation. God says, I have created mankind as my special creation. I've created him in the image of God. But it goes even further. When a person receives salvation from God, because of what Jesus has done on the cross and paying for our sin, paying the price, uh, God makes us his child. And he makes us a new creation. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. So he creates us a new inside. The Bible calls it being born again, being regenerated. I'm new inside. Uh, and what he's saying is God has created you. Not only are you the first fruit of his creation physically, you are the first fruit if you know Christ, you're the first fruit of his creation spiritually. You are so incredibly special and important to God. That's what he's saying. And God is for you. Our hearts and the enemy will will question God. But the truth is, God is for us, He wants the best for us. Don't be deceived. Don't buy the devil's bill of goods. Don't buy the bill of goods of your own heart. Trust the Word of God. Trust that God loves you and has your best interest at heart. By the way, you know this world isn't all there is. Some believers are suffering. But I'm going to tell you something. Paul and Silas prove once and for all you can rejoice in times of suffering. You can have joy, life, full, meaningful life in times of suffering. They sung in the jail after being beat for preaching the gospel. I want you to know God will give you joy here. There may be difficulty, there may be hardship in your life, but God will give you joy in a relationship with him. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Live your life for Jesus Christ. Don't be deceived by the enemy. Don't be deceived by your own heart. You walk in faith and obedience in God, to God, and God will bless you. He is for you. So, what do we need to understand about temptation? We need to understand the time of temptation, the desire of temptation, the path of temptation, and the deception of temptation. And we need to choose to let the Holy Spirit of God live through us. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit to let Him live through your life so that you can walk in victory. How do you do that? It's four steps confess your sin, ask for the filling. Surrender your will to him and choose to trust him. And as you do that, uh, you will learn to walk in victory. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Do you believe that? We we are victors, We are overcomers through his power. Uh, I want you to know you can't have victory over temptation in your life. Uh, you keep on trusting Jesus and letting him live through you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much <clears throat> for your word. and uh, Father, thank you for guiding us and helping us to understand how temptation works so that we can prepare for it and so that we can ask for your Holy Spirit to live through us so that we can be strengthened to walk in victory. <clears throat> Lord, help us because you leave the choice with us.